show us the commonality of the theme. Think of the centurion who came to Jesus. By all human accounts, he was a worthy man when he came to Jesus with his request. But what does he say to Jesus? To Jesus, he says, I am not worthy to have you come into my house. I'm not worthy of that. Or think uh, for a moment of Hannah. When we were in 1 Samuel several years ago, I often referred us back to 1 Samuel chapter 2 and Hannah's song slash prayer that is there because it is really the superstructure, the, the thing that sets forth the theme for all of the books of Samuel. So Hannah has poured out her soul
it's his name, etc. But it's not just about David. It's a corporate covenant as well. It is for the people of God made with David. Maybe we can say it this way. The Davidic covenant is not only personal to David. It is personal to all of God's people. To all who call upon David's Lord. Do you get that? So, so it is personal to David. And it's personal to you as you lay hold of this covenant promise as the people of Israel lay hold of this covenant promise as we the people of God lay hold of these covenant promises it becomes personal to us as well. Let me read uh, one other place in scripture that reflects this idea I think
extraordinary surety. And that's a good thing. But it's not only so that David can be assured, which is good, but it's so that David will lean into, will move into these promises that God has given to him. And that's what begins to happen in this chapter and it will continue in the chapters to come. I won't preach the chapters to come right now, but for a month and a half or so. But we'll get to those and we'll see more of this. But in the first part, this is what it leads David to do. With the assurance that he has received, what does he immediately do? He gets up and he goes out of his house and says, I have to get to God. I have to pray. Because of all of the assurance that has been given to me, because of all of the promises that have been made to me, I have to get to God and pray. And of course, in the first part, he goes to God and gives thanks, humble thanks and praise to God for all of these things. But the second part then is he prays for the promises. And then the call, I think, that comes then to the people of God is to pray the promises. He prays the promises for himself, for his house, for the kingdom of God, for the name of God. Look, look at what's written in verse 27. This, I think this is actually a key verse to understanding what is being said here. Therefore, this is the second part of verse 27. Therefore, your servant has found courage. Let me stop there for a moment. There's not a stop there. Okay? It's not just that your servant has found courage, period, that's good. It's good to be a person of courage. It's, it's not a period. Therefore, your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. David has courage to pray the prayer because of the promises of God that have just been revealed to him. The will
yourself, for your family, for your church, for your God. Pray, God, and David says, O Lord, bless the house of your servant. Pray, God, bless my house. God, bless this house. God, bless this house. The church of
See? 